0: Welcome back to the Padre Cast, a podcast mm-hmm. about Carmel High School and all the exciting things that are happening here at the home of the Padres. My name is John Lyons. I'm the principal here at the high school and we are once again going to bring you lots of activities and things that are happening here on campus in the next week but we're going to spend the bulk of our time uh, on this particular podcast talking about some of the safety and security measures that we're trying to implement here um, as we deal with some of the challenges that come with working at a high school in the 21st century. But before we get to all that, let's talk about some of the stuff that's coming up this week with this week in Athletics and Activities. So let's get into the week of activities. On the 28th of October, we've got girls volleyball versus Notre Dame at Notre Dame. On the 29th, field hockey is at Greenfield. Girls water polo will be at Hollister also on the 29th is our college fair here at the high school uh, in the gym at 6 30 pm and the college fair is a good opportunity to meet with over 90 colleges universities trade technical schools this is open to anybody who lives in the carmel monterey seaside marina area it, it's free to attend so it's it's a good opportunity it really should be if you're looking at a sophomore or junior year and you're getting ready to think about your college list The college fair is a good chance to kind of check out what's going on. On the 30th, in the morning, we have the PSAT. So if you signed up for the PSAT, make sure that you are prepared for that, and you're ready to go with your locations and and all that. And then also in the afternoon on the 30th, we have girls volleyball at home versus Hollister. Uh, Boys water polo will be versus Monterey here at home, and girls water polo will be at Pacific Grove. There is no football on Friday. Uh, We don't have a game this Friday, so uh, a little bit of a slower week at the end of the week to kind of recover from the homecoming experience that we're all having to come down off of. Um, But on the first, we do have boys water polo will be at Stevenson. And on the second, we have the cross-country PCAL championship, which will be held at Toro Park. So as usual, lots of activities. So I mentioned here at the beginning of the podcast that we were going to spend most of our time talking about safety and security today, um, which is not a fun conversation to have, but one that we need to talk about and we need to make sure that everybody's aware of what the school is trying to do to better inform our students and and offer those safety and security measures to make sure that that everybody on our campus, students, teachers, visitors, everybody is safe. Uh, unfortunately, we live in a world where, Schools are often targets for people who want to come and do harm, and, and that's unfortunate. So we have to be aware of that. We have to process that, and we have to make sure that we've got something in place to help deal with that. And the reality is that schools for years have been preparing for natural disasters. We do fire drills. We do earthquake drills. But we don't prepare as well for violent critical incidents or what most people confer. Uh, Uh, referred to as an active shooter. And as a result, you tend to see these sorts of things handled with less skill and less ability than a fire drill or an earthquake drill, because those are things that we've all trained for way back when we were all in school. So, and students today, if you ask them, for the most part, know what to do during a fire drill, but don't always know what to do if there was an incident where we had an active shooter on campus. So the school district, along with the Monterey County Office of Education, has been working to implement a new system of practices that goes by the acronym of ALICE. Um, ALICE stands for Alert, Lockdown, Inform, Counter, and Evacuate. And it is not a list. It is not a, a list of step one, step two, step three. It's a series of choices that every person can make based on the information that they have at that moment. So let's do a little bit of background here. So in 2008, Homeland Security along with uh, other, other agencies came together and developed a program called the Three Outs, Get Out, Hide Out, and Take Out. And this was the, ch- the, the first big change from the old system of purely locking the doors to a more a pro- options-based strategy. Then in 2009, the International Association of Police wrote a book called The Guide for Preventing and Responding to School Violence. And in that document, they stated that locking down by itself is not enough, that you have to give people options. And then that was refined again. And by 2015, the Interagency Security Committee had recommended a blended approach in delivering active shooter training to all government agencies, which is including schools, which is to, again, have an options blended approach of multiple ways to handle things. So the reality is this if somebody comes onto campus to do harm, the odds are is that entire event is going to take less than five to seven minutes. The Sandy Hook shooting took all of five minutes. The Safeway shooting that was when shooting around uh, Congressman Gabby Giffords was less than two minutes. Most shootings take between five and seven minutes to do damage and within that, you can expect that a shooter can get off a shot somewhere in the neighborhood of 1.5 to 1.6 seconds every, every time. So if you're not reacting quickly and if you're not making choices, odds are you're gonna find yourself in a, in, in a problem. So it's important for us to remember, and this is what we're gonna be teaching the students in uh, November, December, and January, is this is an options-based approach that's not linear. The best thing to do is something. Standing and doing nothing will only end up putting you in harm's way. So the idea is once you get information, listen to adults, but make choices. So let's start with alert. Let's start at the beginning. There is no code words. There's no special coding for this. It's merely an alert that there is a shooter and that they are dressed in a particular clothing. They're headed a direction. You are very specific in your alerts so that people know how to react to that. Once you get an alert, then you need to make some decisions and you need to figure out what, what you can do and where what's the safest course of action. And this is really where you get into these different choices. So let's talk about lockdown. Lockdown is not just closing the door, but it's creating a barricade between you and any potential danger and students will be receiving some video training on what a lockdown looks like. But it's a proactive strategy, it's designed to buy you time so that law enforcement can arrive to support you and makes it so that you're no longer an easy target. So you're gonna barricade the door, you're gonna spread out in the room, you're gonna look for ways to maybe then evacuate after you lock down, but the goal is so that the attacker does not fully penetrate the location, that they're stopped. Anything that slows an active shooter down is a positive thing. And you really, when you go into a room, you look at how's the way, The best way for us to lock this facility down. Is it just a, a question of closing the door? Do you have to barricade the door? Do you have to close windows, cover them? So one of the activities that we're gonna be doing with our students is having them in a classroom do a quick assessment of how they as a group might lock a classroom down if this happened. Once you are engaged in a lockdown, you may then fall to the need to inform people. So you wanna pass information along and we have a variety of systems to do that. The school uses an, an email system. We use a text message system We also have an internal communication system that allows teachers to talk to each other in a safe and secure manner. And with inform, the goal is really, again, to give as much information as you can so that you have the right decision-making choices in front of you. So informing is specific, it's detailed to the best of your ability, and it's dynamic. You're constantly informing as you're going Assuming that you're in a safe place to do that, that's the most important thing. In some cases, you may have to counter. Countering is not fighting. We are not telling students to engage with the active shooter unless there is absolutely, that is the only recourse. But the counter strategy is about taking back control from the attacker. What you try to do is disrupt that attacker from doing anything. It may be throwing things at them. It may be barricading the doors so that they are are detained. It may mean grabbing them. It may mean yelling. Anything you can do to disrupt their action and their decision-making is a form of counter. Counter strategies are usually only taught to older students. If you have younger brothers and younger sisters, seventh graders or younger, You might not necessarily teach all the counter strategies because it's not gonna be an effective way to, to stop this process. So we have to be very cognizant of who our audience is. So at the high school, we'll talk to kids a lot about how to counter effectively. That may not come up in the training for elementary and middle school students. In most cases, the best way to get away from this particular situation is through evacuation. Every law enforcement agency feels this is the best option. It may not look like a traditional fire drill, though. You're not necessarily just going to evacuate to a predetermined location. You may be exiting out a window, a door that isn't traditionally in use. You may go from one classroom to another and then evacuate again. That when you do this, it's all about speed. You're not waiting for a bell or an an indicator. And that Oftentimes, a staff member who may not necessarily be the teacher in that classroom may give the directive to evacuate. In an evacuation, it is about quickness. So you have absolute permission to run, to get away, and to move to a rally point that is safe. That may be a predetermined location, the football field, the theater, or it may just even be across the street, or it may be down the road. You want to move away from wherever the aggression is. If the active shooter is coming into the campus from the front, you run towards the back. If the active shooter is coming in from the back, you run towards the front. The idea is you get away from that particular individual as quickly as you can. Once you've done that, you need to make sure that you let a loved one, whether it's a parent or a friend, know that you're safe so that we can account for you. But in most cases, evacuation is going to be the preferred method with lockdown and then counter only if it's absolutely necessary. Again, I think it's important to note that there's not a checklist. Doing nothing is far greater at risk than doing something. So we're going to our process for rolling this out to our students is our. In in December or maybe late November, we haven't really determined the final time on this yet, we're gonna have a guided video system that the teachers will run through that'll allow them to introduce this to the students and answer questions, do a little little Q&A to make sure that students understand it. And then we're gonna reintroduce this again in the spring and it'll be a common part of our vernacular as we go. As a parent, if you're a parent, how will you know if your child is safe in an event of this type of emergency? In the event of a full evacuation, we will transport all of our students off the site. And at which point we will begin calling people to reunite. If you get a notification from your child that they're safe, then that's that's great. Because that means that that student is taken care of. In an active shooter situation, there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of craziness. So we really want to make sure we account for as many students as we can and make sure the kids are safe. So what we're telling students is when you find safety, go to the nearest safe spot, and then make sure somebody knows you're safe. Please know that when we run active shooter drills, even though we're going to try to do these strategies, we, will, we're, we have no plan to use simulated shooters or anything that would create undue stress on the children. Even though our kids are older kids at the high school, we get that this is something that has a lot of concern and a lot of, questions around it. We're going to continue to inform kids. We're going to continue to work with our our agencies and law enforcement to make sure that everybody is safe, because that is the most important thing we do. We'll continue to talk this through. There's going to be a lot of information posted on our school website and all the video work that we have that our video production teams have done will be posted as well for you as parents so you can see it as well. And we're gonna be covering it in parent sessions on our Padre parents meetings at the beginning of the month. So there'll be a lot more to come on this, but we, I wanted to give you some some background, some basic ideas. And the hope again is that when you drop your child off, you know that we're taking care of them. And we're, if, if something like this happened, we're prepared and we know how to best keep our kids safe. So before we wander away from this episode, we wanted to kind of do a couple of quick thank yous. First of all, thank you to all of the amazing work done by our Associated Student Body Leadership kids. Homecoming week was great. So many kids dressed up, got involved in the spirit. Uh, A lot of teachers, too. I will admit I was running around in my flannel pajamas on Monday and took advantage of the beach attire for Tuesday because it was a little warm. So it was nice to be able to to not have to wear the shirt and tie for one day. Um, but we did appreciate everything that they did and the float building and the, the game and the dance. Just a great week and a, a great enthusiasm on campus. And that's all because of the hard work of our student body. So if, if you're an ASB member or you're the parent of an ASB member, really can't say enough about the work that those kids did. Um, we also want to thank our Padre parents who hosted a fantastic fall harvest lunch for the staff right before break uh, that was great. They, they fed us all kinds of great soups and, and snacks and it was wonderful, we genuinely appreciated that. And lastly, we wanted to give a quick mention to the work of another group, parent group, which is uh, FOCUS. FOCUS is the Friends of Carmel Unified Schools and they're a nonprofit education foundation that really does a lot of grant work for our schools. And our teachers are able to request funds to get programs off the ground and up and running. And they wanted you to know that they are in the middle of their fall back bash auction, which is running right now. And if you want to go and take a look at all that information, you can check out their Link on the school's webpage, uh, or if you receive the Friday newsletter, you can see the link embedded on the Friday newsletter as well. So that's a great way to give to the school and and get something fun as well. And so, with that, we say thank you for listening for another week. We appreciate all the support and, and all the the care that we we have from our Padre community and we hope that this has been informative we hope you enjoy the rest of your week and we really want you to stay safe padres have a great week